turn, everybody, please, to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians 4. We've been on a series for a few weeks now called Growing Up. Growing Up. And we want to continue that this morning. Ephesians 4, the Bible said in verse 8, when Jesus ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give them? So they'd have a way of making a living. Huh? So there'd be somebody to have religious organizations with. and Huh? No? Sell more suits and hairspray. <laughs> Don't ask me where I come up with this stuff. Why did God give us preachers and teachers and ministers? Why? For the what? Do the saints need them? Do the saints need to be perfected? What does it mean to be perfected? Now like we've said before, uh, a lot of folks read that and it doesn't register on them like it should. Because when they hear the word perfect, they think flawless. They think flawless. And that's not what this word means. Perfect, let me give you the definition again. You look up the words for yourself, you'll see. But it means brought to its end. Complete. I think that's one of the best words. Complete. Another definition is lacking nothing necessary to completeness. Complete. And also, that's why some translations will say mature. Well, mature is complete. You have grown up completely. Now you mature. You have developed completely. Now you're adult. You're mature. You're fully developed. That's what it means to be perfected, to be fully developed, to be completed, to be matured, to be brought to the end of your development. Immature means incomplete, undeveloped, unfinished. Are you finished with your development where you sit today? Man, we hope not. (laughs) No, you're not. Nor am I. We still have a lot of development to do. Don't we? Oh, yeah, you do. You do. The problem is, you got people that are not developing at all. They don't have a desire to develop. They don't even believe that they're supposed to be developing spiritually. But as we've seen, when you're born again, you're born a baby. Just like in the natural, you're born a spiritual infant. And the Bible said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, why? Why? That you may grow thereby. Everybody say grow. Grow. Are you supposed to be growing spiritually? Are you supposed to be growing up? Yes. Yes. Is it possible though? To be a Christian for 40 years and still be an infant. 
not growing up. Yes, it is. And that's what's confusing to a lot of people because you're looking at somebody that's in a 56-year-old body, but it's hard to make yourself aware, remind yourself that inside they're two years old. They have that kind of development spiritually, and yet they may have three college degrees. Just because you've developed your mind doesn't mean your spirit's developed. And really the mind cannot be developed like it should be without spiritual development. We've talked about this before. You can have a head full of information and that doesn't mean you are wise or have any understanding. You can spout off facts and figures all day long. Doesn't mean that you're wise. Doesn't mean you have any understanding. Just means you remember stuff. Doesn't make you useful either. Oh, but when you develop and grow up spiritually, you become more and more of an asset and not a liability. Instead of people needing to help you and take care of you and help pray with you through the night and counsel you four hours just to help you get to victory, you don't need it. You're going to God for yourself. You know how to get answers for yourself. You know how to believe God without burdening everybody else with your problem and you're able to help somebody else get up. We have churches, whole churches, full of people who want to be ministered to. Help me. Feed me. Like they can't lift their hands to feed themselves. It's like, what do they want? A bottle? Want a bottle? Feed me. Pray for me. Why can't you pray for yourself? No, you pray for me. You pray and see what the Lord's saying and tell me. Maybe you could just do it for me. We've got millions of people that are just spiritually lazy and don't want to grow up. I mean, you even suggest that they pray for themselves or seek God and get the answer for themselves. Oh, they get mad. Well, that's what we hired you for, preacher. (laughs) Not this one. (laughs) What's my job? To do your praying for you? No. To do all the hearing from God for you? No. Huh? Whether you should buy a Ford or a Chevy? Whether you should live in town or the country? What color you should wear? Huh? What hairstyle you should have? Dear Lord. No. I'm supposed to be used of the Lord. And all ministers are supposed to be used of the Lord to help feed you. And lead and give an example of growing up. So that you grow up and know how to pray for yourself. And know how to hear from God for yourself. And know have your own faith and use your own faith. And in a short amount of time, be able to help others that really are babies. Get them to the place where you are. Instead of being needy. Oh my. <laughs> There's so many people that are just solically so needy. You can hear it in the tone of their voice. Just saying hi. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> I've gotten it so much, it just makes me want to run away. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Hi. What are they? What they want something from you. Uh-huh. Hear from God from me. Bless me. Do something for me. Well, if you just got saved last week, I can understand that. 
You're a baby. You need some help. You need us to pray for you and help you learn the voice of the Lord. But we've got folks been doing that for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and 40 years and don't want to change. But not this church. I said not this church. No, no, we believe this. We believe in being perfected. And in growing up, look at it. Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. In other words, the saints perfected so they can do the work of the ministry. The fivefold ministry can't do all the work of the ministry worldwide. They can't touch it. It's going to take the whole body. For the edifying or building up of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What do you look like when you grow up? Just like the Christ, the anointed one. That we henceforth be no more children. It's not okay to be children perpetually. Grow up so that we're no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Said out loud that we may grow up, that we may grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. Now tell them, okay. All right. Now, if you think you don't need to grow up, that's one of the surest signs that you're one of the biggest babies here. (laughs) No, like my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, said so frequently, he said, the more you learn, the less you see you know. And the more you develop, you see, man... Boy, I got more room to develop. I need to develop a lot more than what I thought I did. And so uh, that should be happening with us. We should be developing. Well, go with me again to 1 Corinthians 13, please. And let's continue with something we were talking about in our last part of this. 1 Corinthians 13. How do we grow up? Well, we see something right there. Speaking the truth in love, he said, you'll grow up. Do your words matter? He said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the what? Of the word. What's going to help you to grow up? You need to be fed the word and you need to speak the word. And you need to do the word. In the natural, little ones, if they're fed and they get exercise, they're going to grow. They're going to develop naturally, physically. They'll go ahead and grow and mature like they're supposed to until they reach the end of their growth. Spiritually, that's true as well. Well, 1 Corinthians 13, we noticed this, but I want us to go further into it. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. He said, when I was a child. So what does that mean? He's no longer a child. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. That's one of the primary ways you can tell somebody is immature and undeveloped, how they talk. 
how they talk. They might try to look mature, but when they open their mouth, (laughs) they're going to spill the beans. You're going to find out. The Bible said even the fool is counted wise if he keeps his mouth shut. That's right. Sometimes people thought that you were silly and dumb, but they didn't know until you opened your mouth. Then they thought, ah, that's what I thought. (laughs) So the prudent course of action many times would be to be quiet. I know Brother Hagin also said this many times. He said, uh, he said, you already know what you know. He said, so you'll learn more by listening than talking. Because you already know what you know. And if you're talking, you're going to be talking about something you know. And you already know that. But the problem is, many times, people are not wanting to learn. They just want you to listen. Good, really good listeners and hearers are not as common as they should be. A lot of times people, even if they quit talking... They're not listening. They're just loading their guns behind their back until you'll quit talking so they can come out blazing and tell you what they want to say. And then people don't want to learn. They want to, they want you to listen to what I got to say and want to impress you and all that stuff. That is a sure indicator of a baby. Immature. A wise person, a maturing person does not just run their mouth. They don't just think something and it comes out their mouth. They don't just feel something and say it. A maturing person spiritually is learning the value of words. They're learning that's how God has created everything we see. Is he chose words and put his faith into it and released it and created. And we are created in his likeness and image. And we're told to imitate him as dear children. And when you begin to choose words on purpose, and don't just say something because that's how you feel, that's being a baby. That's just like, you know, when babies are uncomfortable, what do they do? You see it coming. Why? They don't care if it bugs you. They don't care what's going on. All they know is they don't feel comfortable. So they're going to let everybody know it. Spiritually, same thing. They don't like something. They don't feel good. They're aggravated. They're upset. It's going to come out of their mouth. Spiritual people don't do that. People that are growing up don't do that. They decide what they're going to say, and it may be completely different from how they feel. But they say something to accomplish something. They use their words as tools. They do not vent You know what I mean by that? They do not mouth off and just, you know, talk. You have to watch about just chatting. What if everything that came out of your mouth came to pass in your life? What if the power of God was turned up on your words to the point that everything that came out of your mouth happened? (laughs) Well, you can see why it's not that way with a lot of folks. He said, when I was a child, I what? I spoke like a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, 
How many have a vision of growing up spiritually? Becoming a spiritual, mature one. I what? When I became a man, I put away childish things. I put it away. As you're growing up and developing, are there going to be some changes in you? Yes, there are. Are there going to be some changes in the way you think, the way you see things, the way you talk? If we're growing up, we're not going to be the same as we were five years ago. We're growing up, we're going, our perspective is changing. Our words are changing. Our ways are changing. He said, when I grew up, one translation says, I put away my childish ways. Now, last Sunday we talked about childish ways. Among them, children are undisciplined. They are not self-disciplined. That's why they need parents. Because they'll, you know, they won't eat the right thing. They won't get up when they should. They won't go to bed when they should. Uh, they'll do stuff, you know, they'll spend all their time playing. They're not self-disciplined and they're not self-motivated. That's why they need parents. As you grow up, and listen, uh, I know Phyllis one time was interviewing somebody for a job at the place she worked prior to being in the ministry full time, and uh, she wanted to know why they had left their last job. And um, she actually called the former employer, and they said, well, you know, they, uh, they'd show up. They're supposed to be here at 8, and they'd show up at noon. And so she asked her about, you know, what happened? And she said, well, she wanted her to pray for her. Because uh, she had a spirit of slumber. <laughs> and want her to, you know, cast that out of her. Spirit of slumber. <laughs> and so she began to ask her, you know, well, and I've had people tell me the same thing in ministry, you know. Just not get up. And, you know, there's a lot of people that should be in church right now this morning. And just not why. And they tell you, well, I, I just couldn't get up. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just couldn't get up. One person was telling me, would you pray for me, Brother Keith? I don't want to miss church. I don't want to miss church. But I just, next thing I know, it's 11 o'clock and I'm not ready. I said, well, uh, they said, would you pray? I said, well, before we pray, I said, uh, what time did you go to bed? They looked at me like I slapped them. I'm like, what did that have to do with it? I said, well, what time did you go to bed Saturday night? Uh, well, it was kind of late. I said, how late? Well, they didn't want to talk about this. They said, oh, it was after midnight. How much after midnight? <laughs> oh, three o'clock. So you, what you were studying and praying <laughs> until three in the morning, Saturday night? <laughs> no, no, not really, Brother Keith. What were you doing? Had something you had to do. Watching TV. Probably some dumb stuff you shouldn't have been watching at all. I said, well, before we spend any time praying and fasting over this. <laughs> next weekend, Saturday night, you go to bed at 8.30. Just turn everything off. No TV, no radio, just go to bed. I don't care if you don't go to sleep, just go to bed and see if you can believe God to get up in time. To go to church Sunday morning. People want to blame it on the devil and spiritual things. It's just flesh. And that's being a baby. And listen to me, parents. You ought not be having to drag your 15-year-old out of bed in time to get to school, in time to get to work. 
You don't have to be doing that. They ought to be trained from a relatively early age. It's sad because you'll see young people, you know, 17, 18, 19, out of high school and college, and they're just completely immature. They can't do anything for themselves. And now they're they're out on their own. It's sad. And the parents say, well, I just loved them too much. No, you didn't love them enough. No. No. Don't wait until somebody's supposed, people expect them to be an adult. These things should be going on when they're eight years old and nine and ten. And you will see some of that today. He said, I put away childish things. Now here's one thing that you'll see childish ways. Last week we talked about children are undisciplined. That's a childish way. Also, you'll see concerning children what their priorities are. Children's priorities and interests are different from adults. Isn't that right? A child's interests and priorities and focus tend to be selfish and petty. I said petty. Do you know what petty is? I looked it up. Petty means having little or no importance. Having little or no significance. It's akin to the word frivolous. Petty and frivolous means the same thing. Frivolous means of little weight, of little or no importance. But now the child doesn't see it that way. (laughs) To the child, it's of major importance. Like a balloon popping. (laughs) Have you ever seen this? Little one's got a balloon. They're enjoying it so much. And it gets up against something and pow. And for the next few minutes, (laughs) you would think it was a worldwide calamity. As far as that child is concerned, this is a disaster. Isn't it? This is horrible. This is like the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody. Am I right? To that child at that moment. Now let's back up. As far as the world is concerned. And what is happening in the world at that time. Is it significant? It's completely insignificant. Is it important? It's not important at all. But to that child. It's a disaster. Why? Because they are a child. Something as simple as the double dip ice cream cone falling off on the ground. (laughs) Have you ever seen this? I mean, all the look. (laughs) And you know it's coming. They start tuning up and you, oh, you know it's going to be a whale. And they just wail and scream and cry. To them, it is a catastrophe of epic proportion. It's a disaster. It's like one of the worst things that's ever happened to them in their life. Worldwide. On a scale from one to ten, what would its significance be? It wouldn't even be on the chart. Somebody's ice cream fell off? People are dealing with real issues in the world. 
But to that child, to that child, how about a broken toy? Oh, man. The head came off of Teddy. (laughs) Teddy's head came off. Oh, oh, you'd think they come running with Teddy's headless body. (laughs) And to them, it is... It's as awful as it gets. It is. A de- they are genuinely distraught. I mean, they'll heave with a. I mean, they're just in hysterics. Teddy's head is gone. And we can't find it. Worldwide. Does it make any of the papers? Or CNN or AP Wired. It makes nothing. But to that child, it's a disaster. It's one of the most awful things that's ever happened in life and in the world. They can't even, they're not even aware of anything else. They can't think of anything else. They are consumed with grief and angst and anguish. Over what? A little piece of material with some stuffing that in a few years they will care nothing about. But why are they that way right now? Because they are a child. Now the exact same thing is true spiritually. (laughs) Y'all know where we're going? The same thing is true spiritually. You can tell somebody's level of development by what they get upset over, by what is a disaster to them, by what their focus and what their priorities and what their interest is. You see, people come. And they're so aggravated about, you know, they get upset over nothing. We, uh, I know in Ramah, I taught there and Phyllis worked in admissions. And uh, sometimes people would come and they're all excited about going to school. In just a few months, they want to quit. Some of the same people that were shouting at the top of their voice, God brought me here. I'm going to do the work of God. I'm going to serve him forever. I'm willing to give everything. Three months, I want to go home. Uh And uh, one lady was upset because they got tickets for parking in the wrong place. And they parked in the wrong place uh, because they get there late. But they couldn't park in the gravel because she had expensive shoes. And when she walked in the gravel, it hurt her shoes. So they're going home. Because they're mad and they're upset because she got ticketed, even though everybody should have known she could not park on the gravel because of her shoes. What do you say to people like that? (laughs) Hate to see you go, but don't miss that plane. Why? They are not ministry material. If you can't handle this, Well, why is this such a big deal to her, to them? 
Because they're a baby. If they had some maturity, those shoes wouldn't mean anything to them. Compared to the will of God. Compared to the call of God. If it tore up every shoe you had, so be it. We're going to do the will of God. Right? You're going to miss the plan of God over a pair of shoes. Then you're not worthy to be in the ministry. You don't have what it takes. Your commitment is not there. Your values are all mixed up. But you see it again and again. You see people leave churches all the time. Get so mad over little trivial stuff. Now to them, it's the worst thing in the world. But if you could see it from God's viewpoint. If you could see it even from a mature spiritual person's viewpoint. You'd think, what is this? What am I getting so worked up over this for? What is this? Who's going to care a thousand years from now? What does it matter? Childish individuals get upset over petty stuff. They make huge deals out of frivolous nothing things. They make mountains out of molehills, as we say. Right? And they come in and they're all worked up. And I, we've, we've had this too many times. I want to talk to Brother Keith. I'm going to talk to him right now. I've got to talk to him. Usually Dave talks to him. <laughs> I don't have to talk to you just because you get hot. Your lack of maturity and lack of faith does not constitute an emergency on my part. If it did, that's all I would do. I would do that all day and all night and wouldn't be ready to preach and wouldn't have any peace about me, wouldn't get any sleep. But if you'll let people, now not just me, you, if you let people, they will fill your life and run your life with this kind of stuff. Everybody's always having a crisis. Right? And you got to drop everything you're doing. And listen to them cry. No, you don't. Now listen, if they are a legitimate baby, they got saved last week, well, yeah, you put up with some of that. Because they don't know any better. They really are a baby. And it's not abnormal that to them it's a big deal. To the two-year-old and Teddy's head has come off, well, you don't just go, young'un, quit that crying. Teddy ain't nothing. Sit down in that chair and shut up. No, they really are a baby. And you need to show some concern and some compassion. But if they're 16, you treat them differently than if they're six or two, right? Well, spiritually it's supposed to be the same way. And that's why it's confusing, though, because people are in older bodies, and yet they're all different levels of spiritual development, and many are children and babies. When you're a child, you talk like a child, you think like a child, and you get upset, and you make huge deals out of petty, little, frivolous stuff. Now, to you, it's not, but to anybody that has any understanding, it's nothing. It's nothing. Did you know people will get upset with you if you don't get upset with them? 
If you don't agree with them and go, oh, it's awful. It's awful. It's the most awfulest thing I've ever heard in my life. Never, oh, you poor, poor dear. I guess all the devils in hell have just picked on you and attacked you. And I guess it's because you're so special. That's what their flesh wants to hear. You are so special and have such an amazing call on your life. Never mind, you've hardly ever done anything and nobody knows you. But you've got such an amazing call that all the devils have selected you and picked you to just make your life miserable. (laughs) Now, the truth is that mature people wouldn't even blink at what you're falling apart over. But we're having fun now, aren't we? I said mature people wouldn't even talk. They wouldn't even bring it up. They wouldn't tell anybody else what you're coming apart over. They'd just believe God and overcome it and then give the testimony after it's all done. (sighs) Go with me to Luke 2, please. Do you want to grow up or not? Me too. Do you see this? Is this the scripture? That as you grow up, things you used to get so upset about, you won't even talk about. Things you used to want to pick up the phone, call everybody and their brother, make a big deal out of it. And you just grow up some and you won't even think about it. You'll just cast it down and go on. And even if you're little and Teddy's head is gone, if you had faith... You believe God, we're going to find it. And that some way, somehow, Teddy will be whole once more. (laughs) Even as a little one, if you have faith. And that's what parents are to instill in them. You know, they may come screaming and crying, but you go, whoa, whoa, baby, whoa, whoa. We'll believe God for Teddy. Well, if God has to make him a new head. We won't quit. And they should learn that from a young age. And the same thing spiritually as you're growing up. Even if it does shake you solically and emotionally, if you have faith, it's bigger than that. And you get a hold of yourself and you go, hold up, whoa, whoa now, you're acting like there's no God. Acting like God can't fix this. You grow in faith. You grow in love. You grow in grace. You grow up. In Luke 2, would you look with me please? Luke 2 tells us about Jesus. Did you know the Bible said Jesus grew? That he developed? He grew up in wisdom? The Bible said in verse 52, the last verse of the second chapter of Luke, said Jesus did what? He did what? Now this proves he didn't operate as God. Because God can't, doesn't increase. He already has it. He increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This latter part of this chapter is talking about development and growth and actually give us some insight into Jesus growing up. He's our example. We're supposed to follow his pattern. Well, if you back up. To the, uh, I won't read all of it, but you know, he was 12 years old, verse 42 said. 
when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem. And you know the story that when they returned, Jesus stayed in Jerusalem and they didn't know it. And uh, verse 44, they supposed him to have been in the company. And they went all day supposing he was there somewhere and okay. But, you know, come evening they really get to looking for him because they hadn't seen him all day. And where is he? And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem and they sought him. It came to pass after three days, verse 46, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, his mother said, son, why did you deal with us like this? We've been sorrowing. And verse 49, he said to them, how is it? That you sought me. Wished you not that I must be about my father's business. That's when it says in verse 52 later. He's increasing. In wisdom. And stature. He's growing. He's developing. Now let me ask you the question. What do you suppose the other. All the other. Because there was a bunch of people there. That had come and were going back. Traveling together as a company. There were other boys and girls. What were the other 12-year-olds doing? And 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 11-year-olds, what were they doing? Well, what was Jesus doing the previous year? And the pre- See, he didn't do this when he was 11. He didn't do it when he was 10. He didn't do it when he was 9. But when he was 12, something is changing. What's changing? He's growing up. How do we know he's growing up? His interests. His priorities. To the other 12 year olds. What was priority? Kicking a ball. Throwing a stick. Running. Playing tag. Hide and go seek. Riddles. Something funny. Well that's okay. When you're legitimately. A child. But at a certain point, you should begin to changing. Your focus begins to change. Your interest begins to change. Notice what was his interest? Leaving, playing ball and throwing sticks and going to what? My father's business. The word. Understanding the word. He's asking questions about the word. And he's telling them what he sees in the Word. He's developing. And there are many people that are born again, but they're, they're not in church this morning. Because they're more interested in playing golf. They're more interested in fishing. Or playing and, you know, skiing, goofing off, hunting. It's nothing wrong with having some fun. But why do you have to do it at exactly the same time you're supposed to be in church? Well, people choose to. Because they're more interested in that than they are in the Word. And in God. If they're born again, why is it that way? Because they're children. And they're not developing. They'd rather play. 
And that's why to the undeveloped spiritual child, they don't relate to us. We've been doing this for years. I mean, we go to a place and stand in line for hours to get in a seat to hear preaching. People can't relate to that. Even church-going folks, they're like, you did what? You took your vacation? And you went over there and was in service all day long? They're like, what is wrong with you? You could have been playing. And I see that'd be like these other 12-year-olds might have said to Jesus. You could have been playing ball with us and you stayed at the temple. Now here's another thing. Our own children now should be showing similar signs of development by this age. That was Jesus. I know it. And he's our example. People don't expect enough out of their children. I said they don't expect enough out of their children. By the time a child is 12 years old, they should be hungry for God. Having some understanding of the things of God. Pursuing the things of God. Growing enough that they're choosing some of these things over playing fun stuff. Time they're 12 and 13, 14 and 15. You should be seeing this. But we got guys that are 60 years old and not doing it. Because they didn't grow when they were 12. But it's not too late. Not too late. You can still grow up. You can still grow up. My word, where did our time go? Can I take a little more? I wanted to get to this. and I Go to Philippians. I think I'll share this story or two with you and read this and I think we'll be there. While you're turning to Philippians, let me remind you of something. In Genesis, we just read this recently, about how Jacob, you know, wrestled with the angel. And he, among other things, he said, tell me what your name is. Did he tell him? No. He said, why do you ask my name? So he blessed him, but he didn't tell him his name. When you're immature, you ask the wrong questions. You focus on the wrong things. Nicodemus comes to Jesus. He said, we know you've got to be a man come from God. Because nobody can do these things that you do except God be with him. He wants to talk about the ministry. It's legitimacy. Jesus looks at him and says, you must be born again. He's probably thinking, huh? We want to talk about the ministry. No, you've got to be born again. As we grow up, we will learn that we don't just have to answer everybody's question. Many times they're on the wrong page. They're in the wrong county. They shouldn't even be asking that question. They shouldn't even be looking in that direction. They're focused on the wrong thing entirely, and you don't have to go there with them. As you grow up, as you develop, you'll learn. That's not the issue. No need even talking about that. Over here is what we ought to be looking at. Over here is what we ought to be talking about. Can you say amen? amen? When I grew up, I put away childish things. I quit thinking like that. I quit talking like that. Look at Philippians 2, and you'll see a good example of this. And I think I'm done. Philippians 2. He said in verse 4. 
He said, look not every man on his own things, but what? Every man also on the things of others. Would that be a sign you're growing up? You start thinking about other people. Not just what you need, but what do they need? And he went on to say, down in verse 20, talking about Timothy, he said, I have no man like-minded like him who will naturally care for your state. For all do what? Seek their own and not the things which are Jesus Christ. Would that be a sign of immaturity? But if you're growing up, you're not just seeking your own, you're seeking his. You're seeking him. You're not just thinking about playing ball and fishing. You're thinking about the word. You're thinking about the kingdom of God. Jesus is coming soon. We've got to finish this thing up. You begin to take responsibility to help get part of it done yourself. You could goof off, but you're growing up. You take responsibility. How many believe the time is short? How many believe we ought to be working? We ought to be getting after it. We ought to be doing everything we know to do. Not acting like little kids that somebody else has to tell to get in out of the rain. But knowing and understanding what's insignificant, what's trivial, and what really is important. And putting away childish things. Can you say amen? Amen. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.